What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgers Nation post-game show. Thanks for rocking with us after the Dodgers suffer an embarrassing loss, an absolutely embarrassing loss. They lose this series to the Royals. They lose today by a score of 9-1. to They fall to 46-37 and on the year. They're currently three and a half games back of the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NL West. And you are now home with Jim Beam and Dodgers Nation. Please drink responsibly. So we have a lot to unpack in this game, a lot to unpack with this series. But right from the top here, the first thing I want to point out is this Dodger team. They had a golden opportunity to make some inroads in the West, to catch up on those Arizona Diamondbacks and gain some ground and find a way to get back to first place before the All-Star break. And they didn't do it. They go three and three on this road trip to two of the worst teams in Major League Baseball and they have an absolute clunker against this Royals team. The Royals had gone 7 and 21 heading into this series. The Royals had lost 12 straight series and the Dodgers not only lose to them but they lose in embarrassing fashion. Today you end up losing by a score of 9-1. to one, An absolutely atrocious, atrocious loss by the Dodgers. And I hear people out there making excuses for this Dodger team. Oh, they got into Kansas City late on a 5 a.m. flight. They were in their hotel late. They're tired. There was a hailstorm in Colorado, all this stuff. You're making excuses for big league players that are paid millions of dollars that stay in the best hotels, that fly in the best planes, that have the best chefs, the best cooks, and all the luxuries. Yeah, of course, it's a grind out season there's no question about it but to make that excuse to me that is absolutely uncalled for and embarrassing there's no excuse don't try to make excuses for these guys look excuses are like farts they all stink but we have a lot to break down this one here let's jump into the comment section Fired up here on a 4th July weekend, or whatever you call it. God, well, okay, we got Dodgers made Singer look like a Cy Young winner. Yeah, give Brady Singer a lot of credit. I mean, he pitched well today. He pitched well last year against his Dodgers team. Brady Singer, an absolute gem. He gets the win. He improves to 5-7. and seven. He ends up allowing just one run on four hits, had four strikeouts, went 108 pitches. But to me, the bigger story is Tony Gonsolin. He does not look like a top-end starter. He looks like a number four, number five starter at best. He's almost looking like Noah Syndergaard out there on the mound. So, yeah, he Tony Gonson, he suffers a loss. He falls to four and three. He allows four runs on six hits, had three strikeouts in three and two-thirds innings. And if you look at Tony Gonson lately, in his last three starts, last three starts for Tony Gonson, 15 runs on 17 hits. He's allowed two home runs, seven walks in 14 and thirds innings pitch. That's a 942 ERA. Opponents are hitting over 300 against Tony Gonson in that stretch. So the velocity, it's down. The command, it's down. It's sloppy. It's not crisp. You're seeing hit batters. You're seeing walks to lead off innings. And you're just seeing missed pitches. His stuff just is not good enough. And, hey, there's a reason why I was saying if you can sell him with his stock high, you do it. If you could trade him while he has value, you do it. I've been saying that. I took heat from Dodger fans for mentioning that after the All-Star season you had last year. But, hey, this kind of validates what I was trying to say the whole time. But here we go. This is the Los Angeles Dodgers, not the bench warmers. That's from DKM. By the way, I'm looking for that Dodgers Nation comment of the game presented by our friends over at Hornitos. And if you bring that, you're going to see one of these. 
Also, who is the Dodgers dog of the game? We're going to see one of these. Pretty much none of them today, to be honest with you. But if you want to definitely give one of those. See one of these. Also, if you have a positive take, we don't like to be all negative. We like to be positive and find the Michelada half full. What is your Michelada half full take of the game? I have one on David Peralta a little later. But if you bring one of those, you're going to see one of these. Here we go. Jump to the comment section. Here we go. We got Kevin Yuhas. Get rid of Muncy. He can play third base. That's from Kevin Yuhas. Yeah, look, I mean, he has definitely struggled at third base. Make no mistake about it. He's treating the baseball this year like it's a bar of soap. It just continues to slip out of his hand, especially on any type of barehanded plays. And look, the reality with Max Muncy is if he's not going to produce offensively, the value just is not there. You're talking about a guy, if you look at defensive metrics, they don't look pretty for Max Muncy. So he has to find a way to at least look serviceable there, but he has struggled. I mean, you're talking about a guy that since the beginning of June, in June he hit 111, had a 481 OPS. He ended up going 5 for 45 in June. Yesterday he did have the hit. Today Max Muncy in the 9-1 to loss to the Royals. Muncy, he ends up going 0 for 4, so not very much happening for this Dodgers offense as a whole. And if you look at this Dodger team as a whole, it's kind of just laid out here. I mean, when you want to look at the optimism. If you look at the rotation, I have an update on Clay and Kershaw. We'll talk about Kershaw in a little bit here, but if you look at the rotation, Kershaw's been the saving grace. He's been the one guy that you can depend on to step up and give you quality starts. But other than Clay and Kershaw, you're talking about who's your next best starter? Who's the second guy you trust? Yesterday, Julio Arias, he had a very rocky first inning, I think. A lot of those were bloops, not hard contact. I think the play with James Altman, where some of his reads are just not very good this season. He should have caught that one that went to Vargas. But, I mean, some of the fan graphs, defensive metrics, actually like James Altman defensively. But, yeah, lots of death by paper cuts yesterday for Julio Arias. He definitely wasn't sharp, but still, Julio Arias hasn't looked great. Has an ERA close to five. Tony Gonsolin, he looks nothing like that pitcher that made his first All-Star game game that led the National League in ERA before he was injured last season. Looks nothing like that pitcher this season. Velocity's down. Command is down. The split change is leaving it up. The slider hasn't been effective. You're not seeing the same depth on those breaking pitches, on the secondary pitches, and he's nibbling once again. He looks like a mess at times. And then Bobby Miller, he flashed early a .78 ERA through his first four starts, had two rocking out, rocky outings, and definitely put together a much better start on Friday, I think. For him, you just want to avoid that big inning if you're Bobby Miller, but Bobby Miller, he's a guy that he's a rookie. He's a rookie. I mean, is he your second best pitcher or is it Emmett Sheehan at this point? I mean, Friday, Bobby Miller ends up going five and two thirds, allowed three runs, had four strikeouts. So a much better outing for Bobby Miller on Friday in the Dodgers nine to three win. But other than that, I mean, who is there? Michael Grove. Is he that guy? Dustin May. He's injured. Noah Syndergaard. Thor's been a thud. So there's not very many options. Nice to see Ryan Pepio start to pick up a ball and start throwing. Does he come back and have an impact? So the reality is this team, if they're serious about winning this season, Season, you have to go out there and trade for a starter, whether it be a Lucas Giolito. I floated the idea of considering Max Scherzer, and I won't go too into the weeds on that one, but it's not outside the realm of the possibilities if you look at some of the other options out there. But you need bullpen help. I mean, Victor Gonzalez, he was a mess again today. We'll talk about Vigon, but just what's you guys' overall state of the 2023 Dodgers? What is your overall picture of them? Can you describe the Dodgers this season in one word or less? How would you describe it? Because I would say it's disappointing so far because because, I mean, this team today 
It's Sunday. Yes, it's a road trip. Yes, it's against the second of the worst team in Major League Baseball, but it's still the show. And to me, it felt like the Dodgers were out there playing this game like it was a spring training game. And the Royals, they're aggressive. They're hungry. They were playing this game like it was the World Series. You just can't have that. You have to honor the name across your chest. You have to go out there and play every single game like it means something. And this Dodgers team, they look like they were disinterested in going out there and playing baseball today. Just to be frank about it, it just was not crisp. Of course, you talk about Ned Kledi, talking about presentation. Well, they got an F in today's presentation if you are the Dodgers. You look at runners in scoring position. Dodgers go 0 for 8. The Royals... They were 8 for 20, but they had 14 men left on base. It felt like it was bases loaded the entire game, and the Dodgers just too many hits. 15 hits allowed by the Dodgers today, just 6 for LA, and the 6 through 9 hitters for the Royals, they end up scoring six runs, six runs for the six through nine hitters. And Tony Gonsolin, he allowed the seven, eight, nine hitters to reach to begin the inning there. In the fourth, the seven, eight, nine hitters reached base five times in six chances against Tony Gonson today, and they scored all of Kansas City's runs. So you can't get it done against the bottom of the lineup. You are going to be in trouble. So I know I've been going off a little, little fired up, to say the least, because this is not how I want to spend my Sunday, losing to the second-to-worst team. That is just a royal disaster today against this team that had no business being the Dodgers 9-1. to 9-1, to you've got to be kidding me. But here, let's jump back into the comment section. How would you describe this 2023 Dodger team this season in one word? I would say disappointing. I would say today's loss is embarrassing. This is a team that's on pace to win 91 games. Babbitt to death the whole series. That's from Seth Gribble. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Babbitt, to me, we can have the debate about Babbitt as far as is it a skill, is it bad luck? I think you saw today, not a lot of t- hard contact yesterday, not a lot of hard contact today, but when you don't have pitchers that are dominating, when you don't have pitchers that can miss bats consistently, that's what's going to happen, especially with the restriction on the shift. So if you watch a video I dropped before opening day, I warned about this because of the roster construction, the bullpen construction, the rotation construction. Look, moving forward, if you can miss bats, you are going to get paid a premium okay it's like being a three and d wing in the nba it's your time to shine missing bats is what it's all about these days and you don't have to worry about bat when the bat isn't touching the ball but here we go atrocious embarrassing we got common to the century fire roberts fans favorites fixed all tony gonson has regressed that's from diane schroeder mark Pryor, what say you wendy wide we got uh, the Let's go back here. Hi, we got the Vargi decent today. All he needed to get going. That's from Timothy Santil. So we'll talk about Miguel Vargas in a little bit because you guys know I've been singing that song all season long. But Miguel Vargas put a nice little bat together there late today. Miggy. He ends up going one for three. I mean, he's going to need more. I think what you're seeing from Miguel Vargas kind of in short is the hard contact just isn't there. Really, this guy's calling card. I mean, before that triple he had against the Rockies, that run scoring triple, he had gone two for his last 46. So that's a very dreaded slump. Vargas has absolutely had his issues. There's no doubt about that. He's not up to the Mendoza line. He's hitting 199 with seven home runs, 32 RBI, 676. OPS, that's 135th in Major League Baseball. In the month of June, Miguel Vargas hit 149 with a 570 OPS. So, yeah, I mean, 
Defensively, too, he's ranked 59th out of 62 as far as fan graphs and metrics. Now, the one positive sign is you're not seeing tons of swing and miss. You're not seeing tons of strikeouts. So that leads me to believe that if he figures things out at the plate as far as his hand placement, as far as his load, and just getting consistent, harder contact, I'm hoping things will come around for him. But, hey, let's not forget, this is a guy that still has less than 400 career plate appearances. This is a guy that needs time to cook. He's still just 23 years old. Dave Roberts did suggest that Michael Bush could be an option at second base. And with Vargas being a righty, Bush being a lefty, yes, that does make sense from a platoon standpoint. But Bush, who was hitting around 200. Now, he was playing better of late, but is he going to be that big of an upgrade? Or do you see if the light turns on with Miguel Vargas? But yeah, he's gonna he's another guy that's almost in the same bucket as Max Muncy, where if your offense is not coming through, defensively, you're not a plus defender. So where is the overall value? So I think that is the thing that concerns me. But if you watch Miguel Vargas, especially at the AAA level, you're just seeing he's missing pitches that we've seen him go gap to gap, that we've seen him go yard on and scorch baseballs and tear the cover off the ball at the AAA level. You're just seeing him miss those pitches in the show. So whether it's higher velocity, better breaking balls, which are both the case, it's going to be an adjustment period. Now, can he hit those pitches at this level? It's going to take time, but that's going to be really what it's going to take because we've seen him do damage against pitches that he's missing. But here we go, D-Mac, why did you jinx them with the sweet prediction? I know it's not your fault, Mitchell Hopkins. I said sweep. I said sweep. I didn't say who was going to sweep. No. Look, I mean, this is a series they should have won. On paper, you should have won this series. I mean, Friday, you went 9-3. to three. Yesterday, you have Julio Arias coming back, and he struggles early on. And we'll kind of get your guys' thoughts on that. But today, trade for Brady Singer. That's from Yanni Hayward season. Emmett is the second guy from Boomer Assassin over on YouTube. That's a fire take. Fire this team sucks. That's from Jason Diamond. That's a burn. Yeah, Camille Harris, it seems like the entire pitching staff from last year, with the exception of Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, most guys are having a down year, and that's just the reality. Vargy decent today, all he needed to get going. We got Dodgers, shouldn't leave KC without Barlow, Dylan Hare. If you guys saw my video I did a few weeks ago, pushing for a trade for Barlow, who, of course, was in the Dodgers organization for seven years, and those are the kind of guys you're going to need in this bullpen. Now, you definitely have to feel good about Daniel Hudson's return. He definitely looked crisp. He looked sharp on Friday. The velocity was there. The movement was there. I have no doubts that he's going to have a big impact in this bullpen. But you saw Yancey. You saw Victor Gonzalez. I mean, some of these guys, can you truly trust them? But I think where we have to start today is... I mean, look at the offense, too. I mean, a very boomer bust offense, but it all starts with starting pitching. We're going to start breaking down this game. We got a Kershaw update coming up in a second, but first, is, we got some more comments here. Jordan Montgomery for starting pitcher, Crusher. We talked about that on Blue Heaven. He's a guy that would fit it nicely. He's a name that I would consider myself. Jordan Montgomery. The only issue you have, though, is the fact that the Dodgers and the Cardinals are not natural trade partners. They're just not natural trade partners, and that just hasn't happened very many times. There's a lot of guys on that team. Look, I mean, if you would trade, if you would give me Nolan Arenado for Diego Cartaya, I'd probably consider that move, especially if it comes with an agreed-upon extension. But, I mean... And the Cardinals are definitely having a bad year. I mean, Montgomery, I mean, having a lefty, big guy, 6'6", doesn't walk very many hitters. He limits hard contact. He misses barrels to a degree, still on a below average level. But, yeah, he doesn't move the needle per se. I mean, he's more serviceable than the question I have with the Montgomery type is, if everyone's healthy, is he better than the guys that are back? Is he better than a Dustin May when he returns? The answer is no. Is he better than a... 
a Emmett Sheehan or a Bobby Miller? I would say probably not. I think Julio Arias, I think you have to believe that he's going to return to form to some degree. I don't know if we're going to get top three in the National League. Julio Arias, who, hey, everyone's having that Cy Young letdown, that Cy Young hangover like Alec Manoa, who looks like he's not even a big leaguer at this point. But I think Julio Arias hopefully turns it around. But, yeah, I mean, my question for guys like Montgomery, to get back to your point, is that you just wonder how much of an impact those guys can have with this Dodgers team. That's why I say if you're going to go big game hunting, go bigger. Go Giolito. If you have to go Stroman level, who that's going to be a one-year rental. I'm not the biggest Stroman guy, but I would take him over Montgomery. I think Max Scherzer, if he becomes available, I don't want to get too into that. He's a guy who's still, I mean, last three starts, he's been pretty fantastic. He's still better than most teams, number two or three starters. And look, there's not a lot of impact starting pitchers that are under contract for one or two more years that make a lot of sense that are going to be available at this deadline. But here we go. 22 men on base for Kansas City. Eric, yeah, you mentioned it, and that really is the issue. I mean, the sloppiness, the errors. Mookie Betts has an error. Max Muncie not playing the position at his best. I mean, this team was sloppier than a porta party at a chili eating contest. Okay, that is how sloppy this team was. Sloppier than a porta party at a chili eating contest. Uh, the Royals ran us uh, like we are post-mortem. Vargy decent today. We got... Uh, Timothy really going hard with that Vargas comment. Fire Friedman. That's from Rebecca. Rebecca coming in extremely Fire the GM. That's from David French. We got, hey, man, inconsistent. That's how I describe this season. Uh, Monty says miserable. Paul says release CT. BC Barnes got a hit, and, we'll, and we still lost 9-1. to one. Yeah, when you frame it like that, Austin Barnes, who's been one of the least productive hitters in all of Major League Baseball this season at the plate, you feel good about the fact that maybe – he gets off the schneid. He gets a hit today, and then maybe you can capitalize off that. The Dodgers weren't able to. But, yeah, you mentioned Chris Taylor. He's a guy that, uh, yeah, you're not going to release Chris Taylor, of course. But, uh, yeah, he'll probably be back after the All-Star break. But Julio Arias, too. I want to talk about him in a little bit. But here we go. Barnes got a hit. We still lost 9-1. Please, DMAC just fired Dave Roberts. I was amazed. Vargas is barely up to the Barnesy lines from Boomer Assassin. Yeah, look, Austin Barnes. This is a guy who's not expected to be an elite hitter by any stretch of the imagination. But what I said on the Friday episode of Blue Heaven was that Austin Barnes, if you look at him so far this season, he's at a minus 1.2 B-War. A minus 1.2 B-War. So if the Dodgers lose the division by one game, Austin Barnes basically cost him that game. He's hitting 101 this season. He's basically had the man to mask on the entire season at the plate. And speaking of man to mask, if you guys have not picked up your man to mask yet, I don't know what you're doing. I've been sleeping like a baby. Even when the Dodgers lose, I put on my man to mask and I am sleeping and it's fantastic. But man to sleep, they make the world's best sleep masks and sleep accessories. Everything they do is enable better lives to better sleep. They work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep so you can have the energy to live your best life. Check out man today so that you can have better sleep and anywhere, anytime. Get your man to mask today. Use the code DN2023. But now let's jump into the breakdown. I'm going to tell you the three things you need to know from this game. Well, first thing you need to know, the first thing you need to know from this game is Tony Gonson looks nothing like the all-star pitcher that he was last season. Tony Gonson, since he's returned, 
He just has not been that guy. Like I said, last three starts after today, 15 runs on 17 hits. He's allowed two home runs, seven walks on 14 and third innings of work, 942 ERA, opponent hitting 304 against him. Well, what went wrong with Tony Gonson on the meound? What was wrong with the Catman? What is your thoughts on that? What was your big takeaways? And what would you do with Tony Gonson? Here we go. We got uh, what a terrible outing by Gonson. He did have his stuff today. His pitches were hanging most of the time, and a lot of them were flat. That's from Strider here you eb we got bring Cartaya up for barnes i see neil says dodgers need a vocal leader like gibson to hold everyone accountable neil look i think this team from an offensive standpoint this team definitely likes each other these are the co-workers that hang out after work they go to the bar and have a beer guys like jason hayward moogie Betts, freddie freeman david peralta miguel rojas this team is connected i don't doubt that i think that they're just going to war with butter knives on the pitching side during certain stretches as far as guys coming out of the bullpen Victor Gonzalez he has an ERA of over 10 in the month of June he struggled if you look at July he was in a couple starts he was bad so yeah I think if you're talking about this Dodgers team as a whole they just have not been good from the pitching side and if you look at this team so the first you need to know Tony Gonta has not looked the part but let's jump into it so bottom of the first inning Garcia singles to left Witt Jr. hits a sack to the pitcher to advance Garcia to second then Perez strikes out swing a nice slider away and 3-2 pitch he walks Prado four-seam fastball away and he strikes out strikes out for me looking with the slider for the third out so Tony works his way around a hit and a walk there in the first inning but you saw signs early on the walk the hits wasn't as crisp. But here, let's go. Stop making excuses. This roster is poorly constructed. No chance to win this year. Mike Wargo, where's my excuses? Can you give me one example of an excuse I made? I don't make excuses. I give explanations. And I think one of the big explanations and what I've been pushing for is pitching trades. What have I said? You trade for a pitcher now. You set your own market. You set the market. You don't wait for another team to set the market. Also, too, you get more value because that pitcher is pitching more of your season. Last year, they made the trade for Chris Martin on July 30th. I think they would jump the gun and do it sooner. But here we go. Absolute embarrassment today. Losing two of three to the second worst team in the league. And it looked like they didn't care today at all. Starting pitching is a mess. That's from Jeffrey Gonzalez. Uh, Yanni might need to get Barnes to the A.J. Ellis treatment. That's from Yanni Hayward. Yeah, if you look at A.J. Ellis, when he was traded for Ruiz, he had a 46 OPS plus. He was 46% above league average. If you look at Austin Barnes heading into today, Austin Barnes, he's negative 10. Negative 10. OPS plus. So that really tells you everything you need to know. Hunter Fiducia, is he a guy? I mean, the thing about Hunter Fiducia, he's a guy who can crush fastballs that are high velocity fastballs. That's what translates. That's something that you want to look for when you're watching minor league players, especially hitters. Are they hitting high velocity at the lower levels? Because that is what usually plays up. Or are they just hitting mistakes? Are they or are they just hitting hanging breaking balls? Fiducia is not one of those guys. Also, too, I think there's a veteran possibly out there, but I think this late in the year, the respect he commands in the clubhouse. I just don't see them pulling the plug on Austin Barnes just based on what I know about this organization and how important he is to the chemistry. But on the flip side, to your point, Yanni, Yanni Hernandez, Yanni Hayward season 2023. By the way, shout out to your boy on the mound with a scoreless inning today. Where would this bullpen be without Yanni Hernandez? Yon fire, the Yon base machine. But uh, here we go. We got uh, this isn't a World Series team. DMAG, you can't win a championship with no starters, a dumpster diving bullpen, and relying on home runs. Rebuild in 2024 and throw in the kitchen sink. That's from Zeppelin 27901. Led Zeppelin 4, physical graffiti. That's my favorite Led Zeppelin album. But yeah, I think that 
if you want the stairway to a World Series, you got to go out there and make trades. You got to go get a starter. You got to get another bullpen piece, maybe one or two. You got to go get another bat. I like Adam Duvall. I like Giolito. I like Barlow. There's names out there. Graveman, Middleton. I mean, there's going to be names available. But here we go. The Dodgers' luck has run amok. And by the way, I'll give you a fire take from that. And actually, I'm going to give you a Hornitos comment of the game. Hornitos. Win. So my Perfect. man Zeppelin over there, Hornitos, please drink responsibly. The whole roster is burnt out, SMH. We need to trade for Barlow. That's from Crusher. Dodgers have no passion. That is from Paul Gutierrez. Brady Singer got destroyed versus Mexico in the World Baseball Classic this year. Yeah, he sees the Dodgers. He sees that Dodgers blue, and he sees red. But the Roy Estrada, I don't want to hear from front office that they believed in our pitchers. BS, do your job and be honest. Zeppelin, 27. Oh, I just already read that one. Gonsolin comment was... Gonsolin's command was terrible. DMAC pitches were up and a lot were flat. As from Strider, here you 120. So, yeah, jump to the bottom of that second inning. Tony Gonsolin back on the mound. Melendez flies to center for the first out. Then he hits water. So, that it's the unforced errors that are disturbing to me. Those are the red flags to me when it comes to Tony Gonsolin. It's those unforced errors. And you got the second inning after first inning, we had a walk. And you hit a batter to start that inning. You get a one-out hit batter right there. And then after that, Isbell single to left. And then that gets past Muncie. That's another play. It's a defensive play that third baseman in Major League Baseball, they make the play that Muncie didn't make. Okay, It's not a routine play by any stretch, but that's a play that Muncie... He just never makes the play that he's not supposed to make. I mean, every now and then, of course, he'll have an error. But still, for the most part, it's, yeah, I mean, it's average at best when he's good. But really, the metrics say he's below average. But that's an example right there on that single to left. And runners on first and second, Lopez, he lines to right for the second out. And then two outs, runners on first and second, Garcia single to center for the first run of the game for Kansas City. That put the Royals up one to nothing. They strike first blood. And then he walks Witt Jr. to load the bases. Then with the bases loaded. Perez grounds back to Gonson for the third out. So you had the Catman using pretty much seven of his nine lives there in that inning with the hits batter. You single to left. You The ball gets passed at Muncie on that play. Then the hit batter really just comes back to bite him. But he does work his way around a bases loaded jam to limit the damage to one run. So you're feeling, okay, he escapes that. He's going to settle down. He's going to do just fine. And you're going to get a somewhat quality serviceable outing from Tony Gonsolin. And then you jump to the bottom of the third inning. Prado, he strikes him out looking for the first out. And then a fantastic play there on Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts does a great play on the very next play. Yeah, you got to say Mookie today, his 11th start of the season at shortstop he's got a rocket of an arm he made a fantastic play there in the top of the in the bottom of the third inning so yeah really nice job on the Fermin ground out if you go if you go back really one of the Mitch lot of half full takes of the game but he did have an error later in the game but on that play right there really just a fantastic play there just He's going to his left. He spins, throws it, gets the out at first. Didn't look like he was going to get to the ball in the first place. Had to reach out, grab, grab it. He turns and also a really nice play there by Freddie Freeman. And then he gets Melendez to ground to second for the third out. So really his best inning there, bottom of the third. And then the top of the fourth inning, 
J.D. Martinez, he gets a leadoff walk, and then David Peralta, he's singled to right. So it looked like you're going to see a big, crooked number inning for the Dodgers there. They got runners on first and second, no outs. And then Hayward, he grounds the second. The runners advance, and that's the first out of the inning. And then next batter, 2-2 pitch, Miguel Vargas. He hits a sack fly to center to give the Dodgers their first run of the game. That ties things up at one. And then David Peralta at third and two outs. And James Alvin, he grounds to first. So the Dodgers get a run on the leadoff walk. Got the sack fly by Vargas. Got the hit by Peralta. But that's an inning where I think if you're hungry, if you're making a statement, the Dodgers get a big inning there on Singer. They had a chance to really set the tone, but Singer would go on to pitch seven strong innings. So that really was the big missed opportunity. So we'll continue to break this down, but let's jump back into the comment section. But thanks for joining us here. And the one of the most embarrassing losses is not going to be topped, of course, by the Saturday loss at home to the Giants, where they lost 15 to nothing. If that loss is topped, then we might be talking about tarmacking Dave Roberts or someone like that. But yeah, definitely one of the more embarrassing losses, losing two out of three to a Kansas City Royals team going three and three this week against two of the worst teams on the road. You got the Rockies and the Royals. Dodgers go just three and three. The Diamondbacks are losing at the moment, so if this holds, the Dodgers will remain three games back in the NOS today. Their record falls to 46-37. and 37. They're 22-22 and 22 on the road. Isaiah Cruz's bullpen is horrendous. Let me drink some water here. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You win. Perfect. Sunit says, need a complete overhaul of this team, including replacing manager Dave Roberts immediately. Stay away from Scherzer. I from IC. Uh, Rebecca, no more experimenting or auditioning players. Decide on a freaking starting lineup. I don't think that's really the problem. I think there actually is some pretty decent continuity in this starting lineup. I mean, the big three, save for Will Smith when he's not in there, that doesn't change. J.D. Martinez, he's held it down the cleanup spot. So, really, the other guys down below, I think Peralta absolutely has made, made his case for going up in the lineup. That really is the only one you want to discuss. And the younger guys have to find a way to turn around. And Chris Taylor, whenever he returns, you want to see some more consistent production. Also, thing too, you have to add another bat. At some point, you got to add another bat. And hopefully, you get a guy that can get his bat on the ball with a little more regularity and you're not overly relying on the slug on the long ball and that to me has been one of this team's kryptonites is the fact that hey do you have those other clubs in the bag do you have the other ways to win i want more of a swiss army knife style type of offense so we got to max muncie can't even hit the mendoza line from ron jerica i got jams everyone breathe in and breathe out saying otani okay i got jams Otani. Yeah, we got to. I paid good money for great seats to watch that crap. Took girlfriend. Girlfriend's kid to his first MLB game. Embarrassing. Jason Diamond. This team is worse than the Cleveland Indians at the beginning of the movie Major League. Jason Diamond. One of the best movies ever. Uh, Barnes is done. We got uh, Dave Xander. Hey, big guy. Since taking the year off of daily Dodgers losses like this no longer bother me as much. My summer has been stress free. Dave, that is the thing that scares me. 
that terrifies me because as long as fans are angry, you're okay. It's when fans don't care. It's when they're disinterested. It's when they don't think they have a shot to win the World Series. Then you're starting to say, okay, this is bad because you're looking for other entertainment options. Like you said, it's Los Angeles. It's wherever you are. Summertime is usually great no matter where it is. So, yeah, Barnes isn't even a mediocre hitter. Yeah, he's terrible. He couldn't hit a pinata without a blindfold. D-Mac, I'm done. That's from Bruce Davis. They should decline the option of Muncie next year and let Bush play. Patrick McFarland. I would disagree with that just because at one year, $10 million, Max Muncie, you could trade that. You could trade that. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great value deal. He's a guy that can, he's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs in most seasons. Right now, Max Muncie, if he turns things around, he, he, I mean, teams are going to want that contract. I mean, he's a guy that, uh, I mean, 18 home runs this year. I mean, come on. I mean, anyone, any hitter that can give you 25 or 30 home runs is worth a $10 million deal. So, uh, D-Mag, no on Scherzer. He didn't want to be a Dodger the first time. That's from Wendy. Why Will Smith gets more days off than our Congress. Craig Osterberg coming in hot. You're not going to give me one of these. I'll give you a comment of the game for that, Mr. Craig Osterberg. I'm excited about your Lakers. By the way, if you haven't yet, subscribe to our Lakers channel, the Lakers 24-8 YouTube channel. Uh, AB is an embarrassment. The Barnes with Pro Mask. DKM, D-Max postgame shows after the Dodgers lost just to explain and just to have a bag. Buy a mask so you don't have to watch this garbage team. That's from Jason Diamond. Okay. That's fire. That's a finish him. That's just, finish him. That's, that's just a burn. Finish him. Diane Schroeder, J.D. Martinez, let's all drink. <laughs> That's from Daniel. Uh, Manta mask is what the Dodgers are wearing when they bat strike one, two, and three. So let's continue to jump to the next inning here. Well, really, the wheels kind of fell off for Tony Gonson's start in the bottom of the fourth inning. So seventh pitch of the at-bat, 3-2 count to Waters. He misses with a curveball. He issues a leadoff walk to Waters. And Tony, he was upset, too. With Hunter Wendelstad, he couldn't hear the pitch come. There were some issues there. He got frustrated. He had a mound visit, and he just really couldn't settle down. And then he issues the single to Isbell. He singles, and runner goes to third. And with runners on the corner, Lopez doubles to right to score Isbell and Waters to make a 3-1 to one Royal. So you saw that play right there. It goes as a double, but you did not use the throw. I mean, it was a two-run double. They allowed that runner to score. They just weren't aware of the situation. It wasn't crisp. Another example of why this game was sloppy. Like I said, sloppier than a porta potty at a chili-eating contest. And then Lopez, of course, he takes off to second on that play. Aggressive base running. That is what you saw from this Royals team. They had nothing to lose. Okay, and sometimes the most dangerous teams to play, the most dangerous players are the ones that have nothing to lose because that was the case in this series. They were aggressive on the base pass. They were taking extra bases. They were scoring on sacrifice flies. They were getting under tags miraculously, like we saw yesterday from Salvador Perez. And then it definitely was one of the big takeaways from this series is that, hey, if you want to go and kind of look, this Royals team, they've been bullied all year, but today they were the bullies of the Dodgers, okay? And then they kind of flipped the script. So next batter, 1-1 one, one to per, no, two, two pitch to Witt Jr. He singles to right to score Lopez to make it 4-1 to one Royals, 65 miles per hour off the bat. So another one of those hits that is an example, just kind of exemplified that not tons of hard contact, but yeah, the ball is in play. That's what this Royals team was 
was doing. And that's what happens when you get 15 hits in a game. And then 1-1 pitch to Perez. Bouncing ball to short. Wits advances to second. Tony's day was done. Three and two-thirds innings of work. And then Begon comes in. He gets Prado to fly to center. So the Royals get three runs on three hits to make it 4-1 to there in the fourth inning. And Tony just couldn't get out of the fourth inning. And that's definitely a continuing trend that you want to see change. I mean, that is something that has been one of the major negative calling cards of this rotation. One of the negative trends that you've seen for this team is that they're just not going deep into the games with their starting rotation. That continues to impact the bullpen. But here we go. We got Catman should be a reliever. Can't go past three innings. Does he have the swing and miss stuff, though? I mean, that's kind of my question. Does he? I mean, if you really want to just rely on that split change, if you have a money pitch and kind of simplify that mix, I guess I could see it as a possibility. And look, to your point, most, not all, but most, most uh, pitchers are, most failed relievers are, are failed starting pitchers. I mean, of course, you got the volunteer fireman, the guy that throws Ben Joyce. He throws 105.5 miles per hour. He's pretty much a, a go-to reliever. But starting pitching is the biggest hole from IC. Metabolics is months needs to do. Uh, we got to trade Chris Martin again. Trade for Chris Martin again from Seth Gribble. Yeah, I think, hey, man, a Chris Martin. You got Kenley Jansen. You got... Adam Duvall, there's definitely some pieces if that Red Sox team wants to deal with the Dodgers again that I would like to have on this team. We are going nowhere with this pitching stat. That's from Diane Truder. Michael Carrillo, I guess I'm getting a refund on my super chat right now, right? Michael Carrillo, what's, uh, what was your super chat? Let me, let me read it again. Uh, we got uh, no disrespect for the Royals, but we just got shown the door by a double-A team. Wow, what a mess. 2024 can't come soon enough. That's from OK Guy one I'm so tired of the dumpster diving. Make some real moves. Complete BS. That's what I always say. You got to believe YouTube is that when it comes to the bullpen, Andrew Freeman, he likes to shop on the dollar menu. When it comes to position players like Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, he likes to go to nice five-star restaurants, right? But that's not the case this season. And I think you're absolutely correct that moving forward, if you want to have a dominant bullpen, if you want to have a successful bullpen, you're not just going to be able to take flyers on guys and have reclamation projects because guys that are good, they're bullpen pieces. And yes, they tend to do to be volatile from year to year, but you're going to have to invest in some guys that you feel confident can give you success for one, two or three years. Guys that have premium high velocity stuff that can miss bats. And that's really the name of the game because look, major league baseball, you're getting less than six innings per start from your starting pitchers. It's increasingly becoming a bullpen game. So that's what you see late in postseason series. It becomes the battle of the bullpens, and usually the team with the best arms, they're the team that wins the series and goes on to win the World Series. So I agree with you 100% that at some point you can't shop at the clearance section at the 99-cent store and expect all these guys to come through. Evan Phillips, yeah, that's a success story, but not every guy is going to be an Evan Phillips. Yancy Almonte and Alex Bessie aren't going to be Evan Phillips. Yes, they're going to be good. They're going to have their moments, but are those guys you can trust in the postseason? I think the answer, as we've seen so far, far is no as long as this team makes a wild card spot and gets hot in September that's all you can really pray for Patrick McFarlane that's a good way to frame it I mean I think that's the sensible pragmatic realistic rational take in all of this but hey this is a Dodger team that I think has higher expectations for themselves and they're a team that they're playing in a division where the Diamondbacks are the class of the division and the Giants are ahead of them playing better baseball in the last month the Padres the team that everyone picked to win this division not me I was in one of those guys 
they're the team that's reeling. They're the team that's probably going to be sellers at the deadline. So I think that there is no juggernaut. I think the Braves definitely are a really good team. But I think if the Dodgers made some moves, they're closer to being a World Series champion than a team that's going to be a first-round exit. I'll just put it that way. Because you go out there and make trades, you still have one of the best lineups in the game, in my opinion. And when guys get healthy... I think uh, this team still has a ton of talent. But D-Mac, you win some, you lose some. There, yeah, you said it best. Uh, and then, yeah, let's kind of talk about uh, got to talk about the bottom of the fifth inning because Victor Gonzalez, he's been a, a disaster to say the least. He's a guy who I think the feel-good Victor Gonzalez revenge tour, I think that's coming to an end pretty soon. I think when they, of course, need that other spot, he's a guy that will be done but the bottom of the fifth inning for me and struck out swing for the first out. Then Melendez, he doubles to right slider that hangs inside. Just a hanging slider right there. The location, the command just wasn't great. Then Melendez advanced to third on the wild pitch by Gonzalez. Then Drew Waters, he doubles to left to score Melendez to make it 5-1 to one Royals. So you got back-to-back doubles for the Royals there. Back-to-back, and then you get... The wild pitch. So, like I said, it's the presentation like Ned Cluddy talks about. It's the fact that you have the unforced errors on top of the bad command, on top of giving up hits, and then that's why you're seeing a 9-1 to result. That's why you're seeing 15 runs scored against you and 15 hits scored against you, I should say. And then he goes on to walk Isbell, bad fastball command there, and then Lopez, he singled to center to score Waters to make it 6-1 to Royals. Isbell advanced to second, and... Then Witt Jr., he had a sack fly to right to make it 7-1 Royals. And like I said, that Lopez single, I mean, that's just a hit. I mean, that's just a hit on a ball that's really out of the plate. Um, just not a good sequence there if you are uh, – Victor Gonzalez are. And then next batter, 1-2, uh, Witt Jr. hit a sack fly to right to make it 7-1 Royals. And next batter, 1-2 pitch to Perez. He hits him with the slider. And then Prado – with a base-loaded 1-1 pitch, he gets him to ground out for the first out. So they get three runs on three hits, a walk and a hit batter. It could have been worse. I mean, bases loaded. He finally gets around it. Will Smith gets the MVP from DKM. Troy Heyman, four Roberts. I get it, but you're the manager. Manage them. Here we go. Let's go back down. Uh, Muncie sucks from Daniel. It's the curse. of uh, We got uh, everyone boo this team at the next homestand. That's from Jason Diamond. Don't do that. Uh, actually, do what you want. You guys... You're a fan. You pay for your seat. If you want to boo, boo. I'm not telling you guys how to fan. Uh, Muncie is trash at third. I don't know. Luckily, we've known that we don't need to worry about a deep postseason run. Ouch. Norman Rowe, I'm sorry to you Dodger fans. What you see is what you get in the 2023 Dodgers. Mediocre at best. Yeah, that's why I've been calling the Los Angeles mid-jers. They're definitely a little above mid, but still pitching staff. When you balance it out, I mean, it's just bad. And we got the bats are cold. We got Dodgers missed the playoffs in the American League. Only chance of making it is due to how bad the National League is. That's from BC. Is Tim Fedorovich available? That's a nice pull. Nice pull. Anthony Smile. Fire take. There you go. We got... Uh... Okay. There we got uh, Dodgers are cursed. Uh, we got uh, thanks for Andrew. I don't know what Roberts is doing with the pitching staff, and they're doing good. He pulls them out, so I'm happy with so two. Go Dodgers. Okay, that's from Bonnie. We haven't won on a Sunday in months, and yeah, I think Sunday. That I mean, what, Sunday's usually the laziest day, right? The day where they're you got early games, afternoon games. Are they ready to play that day? I mean, that's something that I think could be a byproduct of kind of how this team just approaches it. I mean, I think that's an indicator of, okay, is this team fired up and ready to go every single day? I mean, if we lose Sundays, that's the game that I think you question. But, uh, yeah, a couple things I want to talk about. Julio Arias. So, Julio, he allowed 
But yeah, so the three things you need to know from this game, though. So we got to give you those. We got we told you one already. Tony Gonsolin not close to pitching like the All Star that we saw last season. They definitely need some rotation help. Two, the bullpen is still bad. The bullpen still isn't getting it done. Yancy Almonte, he wasn't great today. Victor Gonzalez, he was borderline terrible today. If you want to be honest about it, and yeah, like I said, Yancy Almonte. He wasn't successful himself. I mean, you talk about the bottom of the sixth inning, struck out with Junior, gave the single to Garcia, Lopez grounded into the fielder's choice to second. That scored Waters from second. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, or you talk, or uh, Melinda, he walks, or yeah, so Yancy Almonte, it just, was just, it was just not his name. I mean, for me, it was safe on the fielding error by Bet. So that really hurt him. So, Jump to the bottom of the sixth inning. Yancey in there. DeLuca's in right field. And for me, first batter, you have the air by Betts. That gives him runner on first, no outs. And then for me, he makes the second on the wild pitch by Almonte. So what else did I say today? The sloppiness. So the second thing you need to know, presentation bad. Dodgers playing sloppy. Like I said, I'll say it for a fifth time, sloppier than a porta potty at a chili eating contest. And then next batter, he walks Melendez. So now you got runners on first and second. Then Waters, he singled to right. That lows the bases. Then Isbell, he flied to center. They don't go on the play. Nice job by James Albin there. The next batter, Lopez, he grounded to a fielder's choice to second. Fermin scored. Waters was out at second. Melendez advanced to third. That made it 8-1 to one Royals. The next batter, Garcia, first pitch, sinker out over the plate he gets a single that makes it nine to one royals and then yancy he strikes out with junior to end the inning so they get two runs on two hits and an error there in the sixth inning they're up nine to one at that point the dodgers after that don't do very much evan phillips didn't even have a clean inning he gave him two hits in his inning so the third thing you need to know really is that this team Missed opportunity, a major, major missed opportunity. You had a great opportunity to make up some ground. I was hoping this Dodgers team would be able to find a way to get into first place before the All-Star break. But right now, they're three and a half games back. If the if the Diamondbacks lose, they'll be three games back. But you playing two of the worst teams in baseball. You go three and three. You lose two out of three to a Royals team that had lost 12 straight series. It's a total missed opportunity. So those are three things you need to know from this game. And then, yeah, nothing really else interesting about this game other than the fact that Yanni Hernandez, he ends up having a scoreless inning, gave up the one hit to Duffy. But other than that, he was absolutely outstanding. My man shoves. But a uh, couple more here, guys. I'll let you enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. Update on Clayton Kershaw is that, yeah, I mean, so the update on Clayton Kershaw is that he's either going to pitch tomorrow. I don't know if the, did Dave Roberts already say anything about Clayton Kershaw? Let me check right now, actually. Because basically, before the game, it was he's either going to pitch tomorrow or he's an all star. So, congratulations to Clayton Kershaw on tying the franchise record with his 10th all star selection. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 16th year for this guy. He's still one of the best in the game. But, yeah, basically, 255 ERA in 16 games. Hasn't started 30 games since 2015. He received a cortisone injection on his shoulder after leaving his start earlier than expected. He went six innings through 79 pitches. And he told Doc that he was done. And then Bill Plunkett in the OC register, he said today that manager Dave Roberts described Kershaw's throwing session Saturday as, quote, just okay, and said the Dodgers will have to make a decision Sunday on whether 
Kershaw can start Monday or not. He was also penciled in to start next Saturday against the Angels in the Dodgers' final home game before the All-Star break. So Dave Roberts said to reporters, could he probably pitch through it next week? Yeah, but you're trying to weigh how clean it is, how good it feels, versus like, is it okay to get a reset? You know. So there's that. Then Chris Taylor, he's going to be out with the sore right knee through the All-Star break. Dave Roberts said Saturday that he won't play until after the All-Star break. So getting back to Clayton Kershaw, basically, we'll find out very soon if he's going to be able to give it a go. What I said on Blue Heaven is you don't want to drive a car with the check engine light on. If it has the check engine light on, you got to take it to the shop. You got to give it some rest. You got to let it get fixed because that could be the difference between replacing a head gasket or replacing the entire engine. You don't want to risk it with Clayton Kershaw, especially when you consider the fact that yeah, he has been the only bright spot of the starting rotation from start to finish, but there's any chance for any type of lingering issues, any type of injury, increased injury odds, I think you absolutely don't allow him to pitch unless he's anywhere near close to 100%. If he's at 95%, fine. Anything less than that, I'm saying no. But a couple more, and I'll let you guys go, and we will enjoy the rest of our Sunday afternoon. Try to, at the very least, and it'll be tough. Stevie Wonder can get more hits than Vargas. That's from McLovin. That's a burn. Finish him. Hanging slider equals a flat pitch. Gonzalez is another Vesia. Uh, we got a super chat from John Bleeds in Blue from $5. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. That's going to the Shohei Otani Fund. A new backup catcher. We got, I just saw the stat. Royals had won a series in May 15th through the 18th until today. Yeah, Mitchell, that was against the Padres. That's how long it's been, but they beat the Dodgers. So they picked up one of the Royals relievers. He's an all-star for the 10th time. Kershaw is not pitching Monday. Might go on the IL. So there you go. That's the update. So he's not pitching Monday. So I anticipate him going on the IL. I think it's the right decision. D-Mac is not meant to be. Still playing at games left. I want to catch fire regardless. We finished first in our division. Muncie averaging 193. That's what we got to believe over on YouTube. Looking at Hernandez, Greggy, Perez from the Royals trade Vargas for Arenado and Miller for one team's A's. Pirates will sweep them. That's from BC. DMAC, my man. What up, Carnivorous Lunar Activity? Showtime Dodgers fan. Who said Otani going to resign with the Angels? He won't want to be with a losing franchise. We got the weather delay in Colorado hurt us. Yeah, I mean, fine. These are all professionals. I, I think you just can't make those type of excuses. Hey, Diane, always enjoy the game. But, yeah, thanks again, guys, for joining us here on the Dodgers Nation postgame show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. This is your show, so you want to like your show. So definitely smash that. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.